join us in on the Big Water Podcast. I am Ross Robertson, and fishing is what I do. You guys all know that, but we got to talk about it too, especially when the wind is blowing like a son of a gun out there today. So I've got a, a guy that kind of does like what I do. I don't want to put him in that basket. He may get disappointed, but we, we've got Nate Zielinski over there from in Colorado Way. I mean, and uh, Nate, thanks for joining us. Absolutely, man. It's, uh, it's an honor. I'm excited to be here. You know, we've talked a few times, but in full disclosure, you know, we don't really know each other well. We've talked a couple times at ICAST and we work on the ice team together and but we remarkably kind of do pretty similar things I guess you could probably argue that absolutely 100% I would say uh definitely that um you know we, we live on the water I think uh whether we call it our our work or or our dream or whatever you want to talk about I think everybody else views it as a dream I think you and I both view it a little bit more as as a lot of hard work but uh yeah we we live on the water chasing fish you know, as we do these podcasts or just different TV things through the years, it, it's nice to have a guy that, you know, because, again, no one wants to hear you complain. Like when I'm rigging a boat, you know, and they're like, oh, you got a new boat and you're rigging. Oh, yeah. Or the same thing, you know, talking about how many hours on the water people are like, I'd love to get out of the factory and do that. But really, you know, just like yesterday, we shot, you know, between basically 12, 13 hours, about a 16-hour day. And, you know, that's, that's not a normal day necessarily, but it's yeah. not a, it's not a not normal day. And when I was trying to catch up with you, you know, you had things going on and then you were headed out for a night trip, you know, going night walleye fishing. Yep. We're going to be back to one in the morning. And, you know, if you want a nine to five, our line of work sure as hell ain't the place to be, is it? <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. You know, it's crazy. I'm sure you're the same. If you look at a calendar year, you spend more time floating or walking on water by far than you do land. And people don't realize that, but it's the truth. I mean, we literally spend more time uh, on water than we do on land. It's just one of those things. And yeah, it, whether you uh, can't handle the hours or you can't handle the lack of sleep, and that's probably the biggest thing that I'd say gets to me. Uh, you know, you just don't sleep. I mean, whether you, you do a six or an eight hour type trip and you stack two of those in a day, you know, you still have to commute. You still have to rig your boat. Um, so much goes into it that uh, yeah, sleep is the the last thing that you get, especially during uh, the peaks of the season and, uh, and, as a guide. And sure. nobody, they always say nobody wants to hear us complain. And I don't think we're really complaining, <laughs> but I don't think people understand. Just because I may be in the boat with you for seven or eight hours, our day on a guide trip or a, pro, a production. I mean, you, you shoot TV stuff and do like yep. a lot of the same stuff that I do. I mean, your day starts several hours before and is done several yep. hours after, if if not more. And then lining things up and check. I don't know about you, but I think I spend more time checking weather. You know, I'm on the yep. Great Lakes. <laughs> I spend more time checking weather because even if I don't care, I'm here. People want an answer, but we both yep. know that. I had a weatherman in my boat about 10 years ago. I had to fire him as a client because I said, I, people will just murder you. I'm going to have to have you know, police escorts to have you fishing with me because he, he didn't get it. I said, dude, are you kidding me? I said, we all hate you. I don't even know you and oh, I yeah. hate you. The, I, I honestly think the weather, and you, I don't know if you agree with this or not, but I, the weather estimations, if you will, I think are worse now than they were 15 years ago when I had to listen to a little squawk box. Now I got it on my phone and it's worse, I think. I, I hear you. You know, so much goes into it and it affects so much. I mean, I think you have two aspects of the weather. And I always joke, I say I'm like a 90-year-old man because that's what, exactly, you stare at the weather all the time. Like, it's on your focus points, on your talking points. And, you know, you have the, the barometric pressure effect on the actual, you know, 
activity of the fish level. Then you have obviously the surface activity of wind and, you know, climate conditions of, hey, can we fish in this safely? You know, and or can our can our clients and our guests handle those type conditions? And, you know, it's a whole new thing. You talk about, you know, being being in Colorado, the Rocky Mountain region. Um, you know, I have lakes that are down at like 6,000 feet in elevation by Denver. Then I have lakes that are at like 10,600 feet above tree line to where, you literally, I mean, having, you know, 60, 80 mile an hour winds are not uncommon because oh. we have so many thermal changes of the mountains. Um, so it is, I, I'm 100% with you. Like I stare at my weather all day long, just trying to try to figure out what's possible and what the day is going to be like. And, and again, I, I don't want this to sound like a bitching session, but just going back to yesterday, we scheduled uh, basically a double. So we're shooting four episodes <laughs> Um, because the weather is supposed to be five miles an hour. And in April on the yep. Great Lakes, when you have five mile an hour winds, it's like the greatest thing ever. Absolutely. We had 20 out of the northeast and then 20 out of the southwest. And it Brutal. Was, yeah, and so it, it died down in between to switch around for the yeah. go around. And then I was like, and then I was actually going, man, we're, we have zero wind right now. This is going to be really bad because we were trying to do a, you know, a drifting jig show. And I thought we're yeah. going to have, we're going to have to change what we want to do in order to produce. Well, then that didn't, that didn't matter. Then we're drift bags everywhere and we're just hauling ass. Oh yeah. Big around. Yeah. Help, help yeah. everybody. You know, maybe the guys that follow what I do or guys just tune in here doing the, the old Google search bar or something helps understand what Nate does and, and kind of how this has evolved for you. You know, like my company, Big Water Fishing has evolved greatly, just keeping up with the times and trying to make a buck fishing. But so, yep. so give me a little insight how you've done that. Absolutely. You know, I'd say it's the same thing as you. You know, you start off with one thing and then whether it's times that change you or, you know, hey, we're just getting older. Maybe we're getting smarter. Maybe we're getting more established, whatever the case may be. You know, you adapt and you try to roll with it. But, uh, yeah, you know, 20 years ago, started off as a fishing guide, you know, living the dream uh, as that. And as you as you grow with that, obviously, uh, you know, you build a little bit of a name. You get some partners. Things get a little easier. Uh, you know, I had no intention of ever being a tournament angler. Um, but I, I struck a deal with London Mercury in like 2006 um, and it was a requirement hey you know with this level of endorsement you have to fish tournaments and that kind of opened up the whole world of you know promotions so it started off with tournaments and it went into tv and radio and writing and just all the kind of stuff that comes with that kind of pro angler side of things um so really that was kind of the biggest change up for me and now uh we kind of continue that we do a ton of digital content we do i host a radio show every saturday a lot of stuff like this social you know tv we still guide a lot have a lot of guides underneath my brand which is Tightline outdoors um own some tournament series myself now so we own a walleye tournament series uh, run a big ice fishing tournament series. Um, so yeah, just kind of that's kinda a lot really of headaches right there. Of, of fishing, you just named a lot of headaches right there. I can appreciate some of those headaches. <laughs> you definitely gotta, you gotta, uh, yeah, you gotta love it because there's some headaches thrown in there. I mean, that's it. You know, and the, the nicest thing though, I'd say with that is we're always busy. And again, we're we're too busy. But again, I'd rather be busy than not. You know, so as something happens, you know, if uh, like this, you know, if all of a sudden we have. A quarantine Colorado we're like on strict lockdown stay at home you know they're closing stuff it's nice to be able to fall back on radio and promotions you know I have a lot of buddies that just do one avenue of the industry uh, you know and they're scared right now at least if you're you know branched out in all these different facets you're always gonna have something that's gonna keep you busy and keep some money flow to, to survive as a fisherman again it's a it's a lifestyle where, where you know everybody wants to be this lifestyle and there's nothing wrong with it but i think it's a lot more work than most people think and uh, again just trying to trying to have that buck is, is everything 
Yeah, there's no doubt. I don't. I don't. I, I've said this on ten of these things, so I won't get too deep into it. But if if people knew what we did for, I mean, not that we don't make a good living, but the hours that we put in and the level and all the stuff and and the liabilities and all the equipment and everything. Oh yeah. Like if you were to go to the bank and and you know erase fishing on that and and this is my business plan, they would probably not even let you in the doors, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, say that we say that if it let the old hours, if you, you and the other guides and the other people out there in our shoes, if you actually put an hourly wage to the time that we do it, you would never want to see that number. Like you would never want to see what you actually make hourly. Cause again, you know, you don't want to calculate for the time rigging the boats and rigging your baits before the trips and all this kind of stuff. I mean, we could probably go to any retail job in the country and make more money than we do if you actually broke it down hourly. But uh, I mean, it is what it is it's a lifestyle we chose and we love it and you know and i think we'll back up here in a second but it's just like i just think about yesterday and again we don't have to go far back and i sure you wouldn't either to come up with analogy i mean yesterday we were on some really good fish and I, you know this when you're doing you know you're shooting shows or digital content there's a lot of times because of either what you're good at or how things set up in your area that you could do the same thing pretty consistently but you're yep. trying to get something different. You're trying to do something different yep. or just, you know, you like to switch it up. And maybe it's guide clients that, hey, I don't want to do this. We want to jig, not troll or the other way around. Yeah. It. We were on some fish, man. I mean, just like the deal and, and way bigger average than what you'd get this time of year. All by ourselves. Haven't seen a boat forever. And with that weather, it's supposed to be five mile an hour wind. And we get out there and it's, I mean, you don't have to live in Ohio to know that Lake Erie with the northeast at 20 plus miles an hour. You go to you go to a casino or you know uh, I don't know yeah. an indoor swimming pool or you don't go fishing right <laughs> you go up you go, you go up the rivers whatever <laughs> yeah and, and so I, I told the well, the guy with me we weren't even I could still see my trailer in the parking lot and he says what are we gonna do I said I don't know but we're already on Plan C <laughs> <laughs> and and you know fortunately we went and we bailed out and we kind of hid out in an area that we could and, and we caught a bunch of fish and it was yep. but again. You know, for someone that just jumps in that boat, like maybe when your guide clients or one of mine, yeah. they just go, oh, yeah, he just went here. But that's years of experience of knowing, you know, what happens, okay, and putting yourself, just not going someplace to go someplace. And then having yep. the equipment and having the preparation that, you know, we, we switched gear totally. And we had that with us already, fortunately. And maybe not yep. everything we wanted, but enough to, yep. to get that done. And I think that hopefully the, the goal, just like your stuff, because I've watched some of your stuff, the goal is to when people watch it, that they don't know that you, you went to plan C or D or E or F. Right? I mean, that's it. I, I honestly, I, I think it's the guide mentality in both of us that, that bring you there. You know, you hang out with, and we both have mutual friends that are very strict, hardcore tournament anglers, you know, and, and, and nothing wrong. I mean, these guys are absolutely amazing stallion fishermen, but so many times as a tournament angler, they bring the boat or the gear on their boat that they need for that specific body of water, that specific bite. You know, hey, we're pulling spinner rigs. We might have a few cranks, but that's our goal. Um, as for I think that it's the guide background that you carry, you know, 70 tackle trays and 50 rods because you're like, Dude, we have no idea. And, you know, the last thing you want to do is go home and switch out all your gear from a walleye trip to a smallmouth trip to a you know a steelhead trip or, or whatever. Um, you know, I carry it all with me because again, any time that I have to spend more time at home rigging it is less sleep I get and less money I make. So I carry everything with me, and I think that's what really helps you as an angler is having again that background, whether it's tournaments or guiding. You mix it all together, and like you said, you can jump to plan C, D, E if you have to because you have the stuff with you it's that guide mentality you're like hey you know 
I was planning a troll, and yeah, the guy steps on my boat, and he's like, absolutely not. I am not pulling a planer board to save my life. You know, I want to hold the rod, or, you know, vice versa. You're going jig fishing. You watch the guy work a jig for the first three minutes, and you're like, it's not going to happen. Like, we're going to have to troll today. Um, again, that guide mentality helps you, uh, you know, jump at spur of the moment and, and capitalize on conditions. I've got a 22-foot ranger that – I mean, you can live, the amount of tackle you can put in it's pretty crazy. I had a guy not that long ago. He had this big backpack, and I God knows what was in it. But he's like, I need to stow this away. And he's like, What compartment? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> not and, not. I, and I'm like, I've got a dry bag. You can put it in. He's like, No, no. Can I put one of the compartments? You know. And I'm like, And so he opened one of them, and he was like, Holy OCD. He's like, Everything is labeled and like all. I'm like, dude, I gotta find this like this. When you're bouncing around you on the waves, I, I I can't be when it's pouring down rain, having my compartment get filled with water because I'm I'm looking for something. And just like you said, now we gotta switch to, to a jig or a blade or a troll or a spin. Yeah. You, you gotta be dialed in. And and what people think of as me being OCD, when I when I go and fish with other guides or you know some of the same people that we know, yeah. and they're the same way, and then you go. You know what? That guy just happens to be super successful. That guy happens to be super. It's almost it's almost a mandatory trait it in is. the game. So I mean, I, I know guys that are an absolute train wreck on shore. A train wreck. I mean, their truck just looks like a, you know, a hurricane. <laughs> and you get in their boat and you're like, dude, this guy's because you have to be. Yep, you have to be. You have to. Be. I, I agree. It's it's so funny because yeah, you look at even even people's lifestyles and you're like, man, how does he get it done? You get on their boat, and it's just like, I mean, you know, you get your priorities straight. Yeah, I'm the same way. People show up on the boat and like, where can I put this? I'm like, underneath that council, that's your spot. I'm like, you can do whatever you want with that spot, but that's yours. And they're saying they're like, do you got a compartment? I'm like, not a chance. And I'm running a 21 foot 10 inch nitro, and there, I mean, you you can put a, a pop can in a storage compartment just because again, we have the stuff that we need, and uh, you know. For for me, I'll guide 10, 12 species, you know, in, in a month. I mean, we have everything, and I kind of jump around between all these species. It's just being in Colorado, we have so much opportunity. Um, you have to have it with you. And, again, the last thing I want to do is have somebody say, hey, you know, we just crushed walleyes. We had fun. Hey, can we switch up species? And you'd be like, no, man, I don't have the gear with me. So you, you bring it all, and, and you're just See, always ready. And, that, and that's one thing that you've got that's different than us. And not that we don't have – we don't have probably the variety that people – you know, if you come to Lake Erie, people generally speak and want to fish walleyes or smallmouth. Yep. I mean, some perch, you know, some steelhead, this and that. Our difference would be it's not that we're chasing as many species, but as you go from the western to the central to the eastern basin, yep. it's like being on a puddle, a big lake, and the ocean. So, you know, <laughs> rather you're going from like, you know, rigging or jigging to, you know, dipsy divers and jets or lead core, yep. copper line. So, and all those things just really take up a lot of space. And you know, oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's not one rod, it's having to have six. And it's like, That's you it. could, I need a, I need a tow behind boat, really, is what I need. I need a, ten, a tender boat. <laughs> And that's it, you know, and I mean, again, I think most people watching this are the same as us, so they know it, but I mean, you know, talking about gear, because it's the thing that you hear the same as everybody, everybody wants to be in your shoes, like, man, I want to be a guide, you know, same thing, you're going jigging, you know, the average friend who who's a, a well-adapt angler, you know, they have one or two jig rods, when you're a guide, you know, I, I take four passengers in my boat, so I have to have six jig rods, so I always have two rods, so as they mess up, get tangles, break a rod, it's rare, but again, Zip you have to full so, extra spools. <laughs> everything, you know, so you, you have six of everything, and then every bait, you know, the last thing that you can do as a guide is ever look a guy in the eyes and be like, Hey man, sorry, that was my last one. Like you just lost it. I apologize, but it's out. You know, you have to have 
six colors of everything. So where, you know, a normal guy has a box of, of stick baits or a box of rogues or a box of flicker shots, whatever. You know, we have to have 10 boxes of that stuff just because, again, you have to have six and eight of every color of every size. And again, I know that people are thinking this as we're complaining, but I mean, it, it's it's a disaster on gear. You have to have so much to get through. It's crazy. It, it's funny that you say that because I've got a client who's a character. He's one of those guys you'd fish with for free if you hit the lottery, right? Yeah. And, and he looked at me last year. I'll never forget it. He looked at me and he says, you know, I've been fishing with you like what, eight, nine years. And, and we fish a handful of days, you know, together at least every year. And he said, um, we kind of do the same thing. He goes, like, you do the – he goes, even when I hear them other guys are catching them on something, he goes, hey, we're catching me. He says, you kind of you do your own thing. And I'm like, okay. I said, I, I know you well enough to know there's some kind of sarcastic, you know, comment yeah. coming here. And he goes, why the $100 million worth of tackle when we only use these, like, you know, handful of things? And he goes, you switch to this and this. And, and he was right, you know, with everything you're saying. Oh, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm a pretty simple fisherman, like spinner blades, for example. I probably got 3,000 of them in my boat. But yeah. I, I probably use six to ten of them yep. primarily, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And having extras of them. But, and I wonder if this is the same for you because you've got guys working under you too. Yep. Probably 80% of the tackle in my boat, and I'm probably not exaggerating that much, is gear. Like one of my guys uses brand X of this or he uses this color. And if he gets on them, I'll make a switch. Now, fortunately, yep. not knocking them guys. Fortunately, I'm usually on it enough. I don't have to make that. But let's say yep. 10% of the time when somebody's on them and they're using a different brand sinker or crankbait or something, I'm not going to mess around when his buddies yep. who are on a corporate trip are, are 100 feet away from us and they're smoking them on something. That is the worst feeling like what you brought up. On the, on, and it doesn't happen hardly at all to me, yep. but mainly yep. because I've bought an extra – 50 grand worth of tackle, you know what I mean, yep. to, that never gets used. It's like, oh, this is nice and shiny. Put this yeah. out. So I, I mean, I think you, you can't ever be in that situation. In our shoes, I mean, people look up to you. They, they dream about the days of fishing with you. And the last thing you can ever do is not catch fish because you don't have this. I mean, again, if you happen to be at the boat dock and people are loud, even if they're hardly catching fish everybody talks it up They're like oh man this is the bait to use and you know it's easy to get in your clients heads or, or even our own heads you know they're like hey this is working the last thing you can do is ever be on the water and not have what you need i agree i hardly ever use it i'm probably 90 percent you know i use 10 of it and i carry 90 just for the sake of, of having you know extra weight in my boat but again if i ever do need it that one once a year twice a year situation it bills yeah i always have it with me and i never have that that weird feeling inside like oh man do i not have that like you always carry it you always have it and again it's like anything else if you have it you don't need it it's when you don't have it that you always need it. well and i have a funny short story that i actually told this guy because he said to me he goes for all that, because he, he's a business guy, he's like, okay, all the money you got tied up. He goes, why wouldn't you just have a bad day? I said, you want that to be your bad day? I said, I, <laughs> you know, you get a guy who comes from Iowa, you know what I mean? You don't want to. Oh like, yeah. A, a funny story. So there's a guide here who, um, who actually has passed away since, but he was a retired guy, one of the nicest guys you ever met in your life. Wasn't the best fisherman. Yep. Just full disclosure. And <laughs> I used to help him privately. You know, I said, you don't you tell anybody I'm helping you. Game over. <laughs> and and he called me up one day, and this guy was old enough to be my grandpa, you know, at the time. And he calls me up, yeah. and he was just happier. Flip flip phone, okay? He was happier in a pig in it. He says, "Ah, I'm on him." He's, "I see you over there." He's, "Are you catching him?" I said, "Yeah, well, it's okay." He goes, "We're just wailing him." He goes, "You've helped me so many times." He goes, "Oh my god, I can finally repay you." 
<laughs> he said, we're pulling reef runners. And, you know, I've been with reef runners since I was in high school, like, you know, back yeah. when, they, when they started. And I, I, if I don't have six of every one they make of the 400 colors, yeah. and that's no exaggeration, I, I didn't get one. And I, I had a father and daughter with me. And we were catching fish. Now, the worst thing, you know, we, I don't do the VHF radio thing much. Yep. Mine almost never on. But nowadays with cell phones, and I got my ringer screaming loud because one of the days yeah. the wind's blowing 20 miles an hour. So this, this young lady standing three feet away from me hears that they're pile driving them. So she immediately is like, Dad, they're smoking them in that boat over there. <laughs> now, keep in mind, we weren't doing bad. Like, you know, we had some, we had picture taker, you know, like giant fish and everything. But, like, I mean, he was, he was, you know, on this a little bit. So, yeah. literally, he was, we were kind of making the same type of run. There was nobody else around. And, and I, it's a very long story, but the short version is this guy can't figure out what to tell me what color reef runner it is, but it's a stock reef runner. So I said, well, just text me a picture. He said, well, on my phone, I don't know if I can, I how to do that. <laughs> so his clients end up texting my, the girl in my boat, true story, because I'm like, you know, I'm trying to run the boat. we got weather, right? And I said, here, what's your number? She's like, da, 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 da. So here she texts this, this number over or whatever. So she's like, yeah. I said, okay, here's the deal. The reason I had him send it to your phone is I'm going to run the show here. I'm going to get everything going. I said, you go through this big giant compartment here. All, and she's pulling out these boxes, right? Just pulling out boxes. And I said, when you find that, it's in there somewhere. There's, I said, there's at least two of them in there somewhere. Pull them things yeah. out and you let me know. She's like, I swear to God, this is true. This is not a fisherman's story. So she ends up finding them. I, to this day, don't know what the color is. Uh, I literally don't even know. I think it was one of those like they did locally for us. You know, they did a lot. Yeah, that yeah. Front and it never made the shelf. I never had had the color in the water. That bait had probably been in those boxes for a decade, and that's zero exaggeration. I put that thing out, and I you, you had you, you can relate. You had to put it out. If I wouldn't have put yep. that out, I, they would have been like, we, we oh absolutely. We we were even if we never caught a thing, I, I did my part. You know, we got five yep. other lines out. It is what it is. I put that thing out. I swear to you, Nate. I swear. And this has not happened since, which is part of the funniness of this. I still got boxes laying all over the deck. I'm trying to put them away, and I look up, and the board's just going back. And I'm like, I, I, I preach at all my seminars, colors number 10 on the list. You know, we got to do this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That day, whatever the hell that color was, you needed it. So that all thing goes back. Up. We get it back. It's a giant fish. We're taking pictures. She's take, holding these things up. And I was like, hey, Dad, could you uh, move over here a little bit? You know, he's standing there behind her. Yeah, well, yeah, what do you need? I'm like, nothing. The board's underwater, the same one. <laughs> So we get that. He's reeling that thing in. As he's doing that, I take the other one because we, we found two of them there. I get the yeah. tackle boxes everywhere. I'm reeling in the other inside board to put that one on, right? By the time we got that second fish on, that one was gone. And we kept both of those. They never made it past the inside because they just kept going. Yep. We caught a few fish on here and there. But the, the funny part of that story kind of going along these lines, and I swear to you there's zero exaggeration here. I don't know if I've caught a fish on that thing since. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. And I have tried it under similar circumstances when we've actually been catching fish pretty good. When, you know, yeah. you, you, maybe it's not the deal, but you catch one or two. You know, you get a straggler. And, yep. and again, I always I do seminars and I base them and say, hey, colors like number seven or whatever on this list yeah. of things you got to have. But when it when it is, it is. Yes. Oh, yeah, I agree. You know, 
sharing stories. Craziest thing I've ever seen in my life with Kelly. I mean, obviously, you have days where it doesn't matter at all. I mean, zone and speed, everything else I think is so much more important. But one of those days you do, you get them. I had a situation for, for almost two weeks straight guiding night trips for walleye here in Colorado. We do a ton of post-spawn night fishing. Uh, you know, we have way too much bait for our own good. Um, so a lot of times our night bites about the only way we can produce our bigger fish. And I had a, like a two-week stretch, this is a couple of years ago, where my big fish would only hit new baits. So I'm running like Smithwick Rogues Pro Series four and a half inch, nothing special, right? A but they wanted the shine, you think, or? It was the shine. So as fish were chewing on them, it was becoming dull. We would still catch like males and would catch immature females, but a bigger female would only hit the shiny bait. So literally after you caught five, six, eight fish, the bait was toast. So, I mean, <laughs> how you pick that up? And again, it was one of those things that we lost some baits. I put a new bait on and boom, caught a big fish. And like, it took me five, six, seven days before I realized that only the big fish were coming on brand new bait. So then I, I put the pattern together, but like it hurts your head as a guide to think about that. Like I don't want to think that that's a. I don't want to think that's a thing. This in my life yes. on pike, on lake trout, on walleye, on bass. Like you know, how many times does it matter? In our heads, we tell ourselves it doesn't. You know, it, it eases our mind, but. I mean, you know, how many times in life has that happened where you're like, oh, you know, and you can't even think about it because, again, it, it'll wreck you. You'll lose sleep at night. But, I, I mean, yeah. there's times when things matter, you know. I program myself to say that those things don't because I, I just I control what I can. But yep. I, I've actually seen it with bombers and bandits, just what you're saying, because the way that the yep. chrome on those works. Yep. And, and I've seen it. And I've got some both of those brands that yep. you can see through them. Uh, Absolutely. One of my favorite uh, reef runners is a ripstick, and I've had this thing since, I don't know, the late 90s when they first – it was one of the first original run, and I can see through yep. this thing. The vacuum-plated chrome is almost gone, and it still yep. just straight up catches them. And oh, yeah. It, I mean, it doesn't even look like the same bait. Um, <laughs> so then then again, you go, okay, like you well, said – Where does it end? You know, you get to the point of doing that, and then, you know, you start – It wrecks yeah, you. I mean, it, it, it's a disaster to start thinking about, about what affects them, you know. So I, I agree. You just try to – Try to have confidence and uh, and use what, what works. So speaking of wrecking you, I don't know if this is a good or bad transition, but I can remember somebody telling me that at one point in the day, and, and me and you, our careers have kind of evolved similar in, in some of the things that we've done. But because yep. um, I don't guide as you know, I'm trying not to guide as much because I can't do <laughs> I can't do the other stuff. But just like you said, you you, you're, you diversify, right? And, yep. and you don't want to turn things away because somebody's your your no is somebody's yes. Oh but, yeah. But at the same point. I remember hearing that you guided 300 days, you know? Yep. I mean, for, for, for years and years, we were, uh, I think my best year ever was 317 days on the water between ice and open water. But, uh, yeah, for, for almost 10 years, I did 300 days a year on the water and I, I'm the same as you now. I, I, I'm still guiding weekly. Uh, but you know, I mean, it was, it was always seven days a week. There was no option, uh, as we're now, you know, dwindling back to, to, you know, three, four days a week, stuff like that, just to, to run the business side of things. But, uh, yeah, I did, did 300 for 10 years. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I've got clients. We, you can't do 300 my way because just our ice season, we get it, we don't. And then the waves, and yeah. you could book it, but you'd never actually run it, you know. Um, but still enough when, you, when you're when you going, you know, 20, we were just talking about this the other day. When you're going 20 some days in a row, if you think you like to fish, you're going to find out if you do. Right? Oh, absolutely. And and as my, actually the same one of the, the same group of that guy clients, he always says to me, he said, so, yeah, yeah, like I'm, you know, pose this to you. He'd, he'd come up to you and he'd be like, so how's your wife's boyfriend? How many does she have? 
<laughs> you know, in, in all seriousness, I mean that that's tough on a family deal. That's that's it a is. tough situation. Oh, it, it's crazy, you know, and it is. You know, I, I was obviously, you know, back then I'd say I was, you know, a little bit of a younger man and no kids yet and things like that. And it's crazy. I mean, I uh, I'll never forget. Uh, 2007. Uh, I took a I took a month break from tournament fishing uh, in 2007, and I guided 30 days straight in May, oh. and I did doubles every day. So we guide six hour trips. So we do a six to noon and a one to seven uh, is our basically operations. And I was pike fishing for Big Northern Pike. It's a, it's a trolling board bite, uh, big wind blown high elevation lake, uh, and I did 60 trips. I pulled off 60 trips in one month. Uh, it's kind of like my all time record. Uh, uh, but again, I mean, I would I would go home for a couple nights, and, and all in Colorado, all of our lakes are spread out. We don't have much water. Our water is amazing that we have, you know, trophy-class fish, tons of fish, uh, but we, we commute, you know, we don't have a lot of water like most places in the country. So from where I live, I'm an hour to two hours from most of my lakes. Uh, so again, a lot, lot of moving around. With that being said, I did those 60 days, or the 30 days, 60 trips. I'd go home for a night, then I'd sleep in my truck a couple nights, then go home a night and sleep in your truck a couple nights. I mean, you would look get off the water you know after a 20 mile an hour wind and and just oh. just crushing you the point where you would just get in your truck and be like i'm done like whatever i'll i'll sleep here my, my producer's feeling like that right now after shooting four segments yesterday <laughs> i mean that's it it's it's brutal on you man again and you know you get out like you know 12 hours in the water and people are like man that, you know, that's bad you get an hour break in between your two trips just to retie stuff so your 13 hour day there but you know you got two hours in the morning driving and then you got two hours you know re-rigging baits and you know how stuff gets i mean you and i fish we can a lot of times get through the day without messes but you have brand new people i mean you break stuff you know you ruin stuff uh on a hot day of board fish you know we're running pike we're running 100 feet back 150 feet back on baits then boards you know you get a pile uh, of you know 40 inch pike where even where you're wearing on your line from your board, you know, you're re-spooling at night. And again, just the, the disasters that come with it. Uh, I remember that year, you know, that 06 to 2010, I was hitting it as hard as can be. Um, you know, I was doing 60,000 miles on my truck, towing a boat. Uh, I'm tired just listening Colorado. to you. And drive into the Midwest to fish MWC events. And uh, I mean, I think I went through like 12 or 14 flat tires on trailers axles on boats i mean when you guide hard and you're the same as me you know stuff's not meant to really be ran that hard we we both have amazing partners and sponsors right we run the best gear out there i don't care who makes it if you beat it hard enough stuff just breaks it's not meant to be used in the weather conditions that we do and and the extreme amount of use you know People have reels that last them, um, you know, ten years. I mean, you when you really pound on stuff, I mean, stuff breaks, and, and when you really hit it hard, I mean, back when I was doing the three hundred days a year, it was unreal the equipment that I was going through on the average day. It's funny you say it because I had some, you know, this college fishing thing. I mean, that would have been great to have when I was around, right? Or yep. when I was getting going. And I'm talking to these college kids; they're asking me about stuff, and they said, "So, what do I need really need to do to, you know, excel? And what should I?" And again probably no different than us 20 years ago. The answer they were thinking and, and what I gave was way different. I said, you got to be really good at fixing shit. 
And they're like, what? And I'm like, I said, I'm pretty good at it. I got some guys around me. I've got one guy who works for me that's like MacGyver. And they're like, what do you mean? Yep. I says, we don't have time to go have something sit at a dealership for yeah. an average guy would sit there for two weeks if they could get it. Me and you probably got enough connections. You get it done in a day yeah. or two. But that's a day or two you lose of work and maybe oh, more yeah. than that waiting for parts. So, you know, I've got extras just like i know every good guy does extras of everything i mean literally just boat parts you name it but now it's not just having that part it's knowing how to get it taken (laughs) care of right yep um and and people think that a lot of the stuff that we do is excessive but again until you're that guy that's supposed to go fishing for three days with us that's it and they're like what do you mean so there's so many things that go into but i guess the one thing that you know because you run hard like i do and you know Especially as we get older, because th- again, th- these questions, you know, when I'm 25 compared to now, it's a different answer, right? I probably look at yeah, the guy yeah. talking to me here and say, "Man, this, is, this guy's nuts." But how much does your body? I mean, are you doing things like I'm eating personally? I'm just gonna answer my question a little bit. I mean, I'm eating way better. You know, I'm working out consistently because I can't, I can't be bad on myself and be able to get through what yeah. I need to get through. So, have you evolved with that as well? Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I would say it hit me. I, I, uh, I'm 37 now, and I would say it hit me probably about four years ago. I mean, I was the ultimate fisherman growing up. I mean, living on gummy bears and Twizzlers and Mountain <laughs> Dew and, I mean, whatever sugar you could get in your body to stay awake. I mean, just, you know, I mean, awful. You know, didn't eat. You, you know, you live on your boat. I mean, what kind of exercise do you get, you know, 13 hours a day on your boat for, you know, 100 days straight type stuff. Uh, and it hit me, you know, in, in the younger 30s. And I'll never forget, I, I ran into you, I think, long before I knew you uh, at ICAP. You know, I think you were you were walking around uh, with somebody, and I was out jogging because um, it hit me hard. You know, it was one of those situations that I I yeah, had to start. You know, that's right. Eat. I do. I, 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 I do remember, remember that. that. Yeah, I, that's funny. It was one of those times that all of a sudden I was like, you know, I mean, I'm trying to drive to the lake in two hour commutes, and I'm falling asleep in my truck. You know, and I mean, getting to the point where it's dangerous. You know, uh, God, I remember funny. I was sight fishing on the ice looking down a hole trying to find this big laker that this guy keeps missing and i fell asleep in the the hole and i mean just where my body was like you're done so like four years ago i started getting better and two years ago uh i mean i really flat out you know gym diet everything in two years i've lost 45 pounds and uh i got to the point where i had to i was like it is time to, to get in order and yeah so now uh I would say you know taking care of myself is priority, and it was the point where I, I couldn't do it anymore. For sure. f- I, you know what? I never would have come up with that, but I 100% remember it that I was walking what? to dinner or something from at yeah. ICAST from the hotel or vice versa, and you go by, and I can't remember who I was with to be honest, but I remember they're like, "Who's that?" And I'm like, "I don't really know the guy, but he's on the ice team with me. I know. I mean, yeah. I know it's Nate, but you know, I don't yeah. know him." And I'm like, "He's obviously psycho." I mean, because yeah. <laughs> who in this heat would be running right now? I mean, that's it. You know, it was the point where I was just like, you know, I came off the water up like that was the time I was probably doing, you know, 280, 300 days a year. And it's like, hey, if I'm not up at at 1, 2 a.m., like this is my time to get in shape. So, yeah, I mean, it it was a must, you know. And again, I think it's one of those things that, I mean, if if your body handles what you're doing, keep doing it. Because, I mean, I would say honestly that, that working out and doing that it adds a lot to your life. Again, I, all I want to do is sleep and, you know, taking an hour to get to the gym it is hard to find when you push your schedule as hard as ours, but, uh, it's the point where it, it's a must. It has to be. And, you know, talking ice team, that's probably the biggest thing in Colorado. 
we're so, whether you want to call it political or whatever, we have so many rules and regs. Um, I mean, I guide on 16 bodies of water. I have to have a permit on every body of water that I'm on. So every body of water I have to have a permit on. And with that in the winter, I can only drive a snowmobile out of my 16 bodies of water. I can only drive a snowmobile ATV on one body of water. Um, I am what? walking on all the others. So oh in winter, God. I have 15 bodies of water that I have to walk on. Now, now, is that because they're worried about the machines going in or – we're the headwaters of the country. So we're on the Continental Divide. So on the east side of our peaks of our mountains, everything goes to the Atlantic. Other side, everything goes to the Pacific. We're the headwaters. So they consider our waters like a premium. Um, we can run I, – I run a 400-horsepower Verado, right? Who knows what – exhaust comes out of that thing but they're worried about oil gas dripping on the ice uh so they're worried about any sort of toxins on top of the ice they're worried about being able to fluctuate water levels in our reservoirs so it's like 70 percent toxin 30 percent safety of vehicles uh but regardless it's like not an option i think maybe in the entire state we can probably drive we can drive trucks on two bodies of water we can take atv snowmobiles on maybe maybe 20 in the entire oh state of Colorado. And, and, you know, just backing up for a second, anybody that's listening to this, I don't care how tough a boy you think you are. Like me and you both work a lot of events for Ice Team, right? <laughs> yep. And my, one of my favorite things, and I know you're going to laugh because I know you have – if you don't get this, I'm going to be shocked. I'll be talking to some guy, and he'll be like, man, that's a, that X200, I seen you using that on your show. And I'm like, oh, I love it, you know. And I said, I kind of, to be honest, I kind of make it a one-man chain. You take out a seat, you know, and you're talking to the guy, and he's like – well, me and my kids are gonna we're gonna put that. I'm like, oh, how old are your kids? Oh, like six and eight. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I said, well, I said you make sure you get this universal hitch. Oh no, I'm pulling it out. And I'm like, I, I look over the guy. I said, I ain't trying to judge you, man. I said, I ain't trying to judge you, but you you ain't pulling the next two hundred anywhere. You know what I mean? People don't understand. Like with what you just said, if this went over somebody's head, like I can appreciate this. If you walk more than a hundred yards on ice, you're gonna think that you went up to Mount Everest. That's it. So. So you're the same as me, right? Customer care is everything. It's the world today. You have to take care of your guests. It's just what it is. So I want you to imagine taking like, a, like an X200 or, or say a Voyager and tying two of them together back to back and dragging it across the lake through snow. Um, and that's the thing that really got me to that physical state a couple of years ago. Cause it was just like, I mean, I have, you know, you have three guests and they're, they're older people and they're like, Hey man, I can't drag that shelter out there to where literally you're tying two shelters together, power augers, vexes, all your stuff and dragging well, two shelters together across the lake. I mean, it's heart attack bill. And that's where I was like, I got to get in shape and it it's brutal. So our winners are, are beyond physical demand two things sure. come to mind that you're gonna I, now i'm getting to know you a little better you're gonna be on my survivor team okay my apocalypse <laughs> survivor go. team note to self call nate and number two you might be at a little bit of a screw loose oh totally totally it's funny so i have a i have a huge trailer that i tow it's like my my boat on on ice that i pull up to the edge of the lake and i always look at guys and i pull up the gps and i'm like all right man premium spot like we want to wreck the fish today here's where we're going you know it's a half mile and i always look at him i said hey i'm gonna i'm gonna help you drag but we can walk go fast be super mobile and we can carry a bucket with some rods and graphs and we can hit it hard or we're gonna drag these shelters you're gonna be warm you're gonna be comfortable you're gonna be able to sight fish 
but we're going to be slow. And if I start to struggle, you're going to help me drag a little bit. And I always give it the, the question to the, to the people. I'm like, Hey, what do you want to do? But I was like, Oh, we're good at the shelters. They walk like 20 feet and you can see their brain just turning like, um, let's go back oh. and, and grab the bucket. Sounds like a good idea. Anybody that's listening to this, if you don't understand it, try it one time. One time. One time. Absolutely. That's all it'll take. It, it, 20 feet is about accurate probably too. Oh, yeah. It, it's I mean, not, it's brutal. And then, again, that, that came with that whole concept of, of just being, you know, physical. Hey, you got to get it done. And, again, I, I didn't think it was going to hit me. I didn't realize I was getting old until, you know, you start doing that. And I mean, I, I used to pile these things in my truck. You know, and now it's like I have a trailer to put them in. Just just loading an X300 in the bed of your truck, oh. you know, full of gear is a disaster. Let alone drag it out on the lake. Yeah, and then I mean, I'm sure you're like me that you know you add all kinds of stuff to it, and you, you got things put in it, and things you don't oh, take yeah. out of it, and yeah, you you try to pick up an X300, it might as well just be you know a stack of plates uh, at the oh, gym. Yeah. But so you know, one thing about talking about a guy that's been there, done that, like you have, that I can appreciate, because everybody nowadays is so political, right? Everybody oh, yeah. is so they're like, uh, you know, you ask them something like you know what their favorite food is, and they they're they're thinking <laughs> there's some there's some backstory or something that they you know make it yep. you know put out there, but clients i mean i'm not asking you to throw names even necessarily out there or anything like that but you know i've had some some famous clients and it has yep. it has created some interesting things and any any guy that's like a the guy in his area like you know like we kind of are i don't want to sound like you know crazy guy yeah, saying yeah. that but w- when you've you've done it long enough you get guys that, that gravitate towards you and the publicists you're dealing with pr people and stuff you've got to have some stories i know you do uh, it's crazy, man. And you do. You you guide so many people, and uh, I mean, some you know, some you don't know. And, and we've had we've had everybody. We've had. Have you have, have you ever? Had, here, let me interrupt. Here's a good one because I've had this. I, I'm betting you have too. Have you ever had somebody that was famous, but you didn't know they were famous, and then they were pissed because <laughs> you didn't know they were famous? Like that's the worst, right? Best story ever, right? So so I mean we've guided famous rappers and all the athletes and this and that, but I, I got a guy, he books and he goes, Hey man, I, I just had a break, uh break in my schedule. Um I wanna get out fishing. So I move things around and make room for him and he, he shows up and I mean I'm I'm a fairly tall dude. You know, you're a tall guy, but you know, I'm six three. I wouldn't say that I look up to a lot of people, right? Maybe eye level, but I wouldn't say look up. This guy walks up and I'm like holy cow, this guy's like seven foot tall. So I'm like, whatever. So we're out fishing and, and we're talking about something. I'm like, what do you do? And he's talking about base or talking about basketball. And then he, he just keeps going off about all the basketball stuff going on. And I finally am standing on the back deck of my boat. You know, I'm dramatically high. And I'm like eye level to him. And I'm like, man, I'm like, you know, you should really play basketball. Like you're that guy, you know about it. You're tall. Like, you're passionate, like, you know, I, you should play. And he kind of laughs, and, and we move on, and then we talk a little bit more. And, like, 10 minutes later, he finally gets it, like, I was being serious when I told him he should play basketball. And he goes, do you know who I am? And I'm like, yeah, you're so-and-so. And he goes, well, he goes, I, I played, you know, Major League Basketball for, for like, 10, 15 years. He goes, and I, I'm the coach of the Nuggets. And <laughs> – not a clue. Like, not even a clue uh, of who he was. Yeah, obviously, you know? Nate is not into sports because when you don't even know your own local area, you know what I mean? That's pre- that's pretty bad. Or good, depending on how idea. you look at it. I guided a, a hockey player, same thing. Like, he's the star avalanche. Not even a clue. But it's funny because 
I now have relationships with a lot of these, you know, what are you going to call them, famous or celebrity type people. And they love it simply for the fact that I'm never that guy. It's like, hey, man, can I have an autograph? Hey, can you get me tickets? Like, I, I could care less. Like, to me, you know, they're, they're all the same person just because I, I I don't live in that that world of sports. So I, we I have totally great relationships because he's like, this is awesome. He goes, most people that find out who I am, it's just constant questions and bugging and, and wanting and you're almost abuse of the relationship. And I'm like, Dude, yeah, they're, they're out, they're out with you to get away from that. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so see, how about yourself? You had, you had any crazy stories? Yeah. I mean, it's most, most of mine would get me thrown under the bus, but it's, it's, um, I, I've had guys, you know, it's when you get the PR guy or somebody oh, that yeah. sends you the, the NDA or, <laughs> My my favorite again. I was young when this happened, and I I don't even know honestly how it even, they even came about. But I had guys where, um, because your boat, you know, our boats will go pretty fast. I mean, they're yeah. not like a bass boat, but they go fast. Yeah. And some of these guys, I don't know if you ever even thought about this. Some of the NFL guys and the Major League Baseball guys that I've had legally aren't supposed to be in our boats. Do you know that? Oh yeah. So I've had to sign stuff because this dude wants to take his girlfriend's kids or whatever the deal yeah. is out, and they they're in town for a game or training or whatever it is, and so they want to go out, but they can't. Hey, you can't put me on social media. You can't do this because oh, yeah. I would void my contract. And and you know you think about those things, and I can remember going, that eh, seems kind of crazy. But then there was that guy. It was I don't know if he played because I'm like you with the pro sports things. I mean, yeah. I, I love college football. I went to Ohio State. Like you know, go Buckeyes. I watched that. We're, we're crazy religious. If you're a Michigan fan, I'd click the computer off right now. But <laughs> but in Florida, there was a guy who a, a pitcher or somebody, one of those Cuban guys. Or Dominican guys that you know had got some yacht and he drove it all over the break wall. I don't know if you're yep. in the news. And yeah. Now I kind of go, okay, I get it, but that's kind of different when you hire a guy that's a professional and then some yeah. dude takes a five million dollar yacht and drives it over a rock <laughs> wall. But yeah, you get some really. I, I think for me, the ones that are the most are the guys that don't really. I, I'm not sure why they're there because they don't really want. They can't think about getting out of the boat fast enough, and it's usually. Yeah. It's some music people, but it's usually movie stars, and yep. that's the one I can't. And, and they're very like I shouldn't say they because I, I don't want to generalize. But the ones that I've had are don't seem to really want to be there, and they're fairly um, sure of themselves and just if not yep. downright pompous. Where you're like they don't. We're just a fishing guy. I don't need to even speak to you. Don't look at oh, me. Absolutely. And you're like, and I've had enough of those that I, I can say that it's. It's not across the board, but it's it's a fairly accurate stereotype, and maybe that's even shitty to say it that way. But yep. but uh, same thing with you. It's the same thing, you know. I I've gotten quite a few uh, people in the rap world or the R and B whatever. See, I haven't had no rap stars. Now that would be awesome. People that every single person watching, whether you are six years old or or nine years old, you would know these people. Again, I, I don't think it's fair for me to, to drop names, but it, it's the biggest of the big. And same thing, man. You're in there, and you're like, you know you almost like you're not even supposed to speak um you know type thing like you're you're the servant you know and the craziest thing is i i have these guys in my boat and they're bodyguards right they're like i mean they're the biggest houses right and, and these guys will will start doing things that are are not allowed um <laughs> yeah not allowed anywhere and i'm like hey man uh you, you can't do that you know and these bodyguards are like you know they're looking at me what just you mean, over me. Yeah. and they're like no it's fine and I'm like, uh, my, my permit. <laughs> and, and you're like, 
you mean nothing. Rules don't apply. Laws don't apply. Like, you know, it's just a whole different world. I've had some of those, uh, and I've had the guys go, hey, we're going to tip you real good. And I say, well, I, I appreciate that, but your tip isn't going to uh, allow me to retire because that's what I'm going to exactly. have to do. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it's crazy. And a lot of people seek it out. You know, I, there's a lot of guys, especially in Denver, that that really seek out the the sports. You know, like they want to be like the official guide uh, of the sports team and stuff like that. Everybody asks, like, man, you know, why aren't you in that world? And I'm like, not that I don't appreciate it. Because, again, I, I it, it's cool. I've had some experiences with some of these people that it's neat. You know, it's neat to say that you did it. But in reality, I would rather have the guy that's there because he wants to learn. He wants to have an experience. He wants to bring an experience to his family. Um, again, I would say that the average Joe is hands down my my favorite guest because, again, uh, we can't control fishing. I mean, right, if, if you fish a little bit, if you're that guy that picks and chooses, you have amazing trips. If you're the guy that grinds, like me, 300 days a year, you flat out have bad days of fishing. Like you can do everything right. And there's days where fishing is just not good. Um, and again, if you're taking the celebrities, if you're the high profile, like those guys, it, it's hard to deal with because you get bad days. If you have the guest that is there to truly learn, to take away from the experience, um, you know, whether it's fishing's epic or, or not, they're going to take away value value out of the trip and, and, and it's a win because um, so you know i i avoid it you know, and it's funny because now i get these high profile guys and i send them straight to my guides i'm like hey man i got a trip for you they're like you don't want that i'm like no no <laughs> i'm good man 100 right because a lot of those days and i i can't imagine you not agreeing with this is yeah. when let's say you got four or five hours that just you could catch as money as many fish as you're catching right now yep. you know and you've got to stick with it and a guy, a rap star or a country music guy or movie star, he don't care, don't get it. He's just like, we're, we're, we're supposed to be catching. We're not fishing. Yep. But but if you could, that guy that really wants to be there or the guy that's trying to learn from you, he's still enjoying and picking things Absolutely. up while you're doing that. And then at hour five and six or the wind changes, like we just joked we had yesterday, yeah. all of a sudden now you just start jacking them. And, and, yep. and you, but most guys will say, Hey, we want to head in before that even happens. Yep. And, and you're willing to put it in. Cause I mean, you're like me, any, yeah. I, I don't even have to know you to know anybody that's done this for a long time. You've got to have that drive to want to do good for people, even if they <laughs> don't really care. Yep. And hundred percent. I mean, and that's it. And things change. And I mean, you, you have to grind. I mean, that, that's just, that's just what nature of the, the beast is have that confidence and push through. And again, yeah, you have so many people that give up on you. And uh, I mean, the true anglers, the guys that are there for it are the best. And that, those are the guys that I, I try to seek out as my guests for sure. And I can remember you saying something and doing a little research on this is, and I thought it was like I words out of my mouth, you know, of getting people to, getting other people to catch fish. Like if you jump on the boat with me and we're pulling boards, yep. I'm going to do things different. Maybe can show you some tricks because I probably do it more than you do, or at least that style and vice versa. If we were doing something for Pike or whatever in your body water, but yep. I'd like to think that I'm going to be an asset in your boat and vice versa. Yep. But when you have a guy that fishes one or two days a year, he's not a fisherman. He's somebody that's going to go fishing with you. And there's a very yep. big difference there. And, and our job of getting that guy to catch fish on that day in the, in the allotted time that's a challenge. Oh, it's it's crazy. And, you know, I talk about this. We, we have a lot of people that want to work for us or be a new guide and things like that. And, you know, there's guys that are flat out sticks. I mean, you give them a rod and, and they're incredible. I mean, they are flat out incredible. But 
that's not what makes a guide by any means. You know, I don't fish on my trips. None of my guides fish on our trips. This is one of our rules. You know, people don't pay us to watch us catch fish. We we are all about that client experience. And, um, you know, I have a handful of people in my life. Uh, my dad's one of them. I mean, the awesomest dude ever um, taught me to fish. But to this day, he is a Zebco push button kind of dude. Like, he will go... He will go to a tournament with me to pre-fish, right? You're on unbelievable jigging waters, and there he is with his Zepco. Like, it's just, it is an old school dude, you know? But, like, I'll have a new guy that wants to work for me. I'll be like, hey, man. Uh, you know, he goes, yeah, I really want to. I'm like, cool, let's go out and do some fishing. You know, and I'll, he'll jump on the boat with me, and he thinks he's going to fish with me, and I'll bring my dad. I'll be like, hey, man, that guy needs to catch some fish today. I'm going to hang Ooh, out. You pull the dad card on him. That's do it. naughty. And, and I make them take somebody who might be a typical customer a very challenge to catch fish i'm like hey if you can get him to catch fish without you touching a rod you know let, let, let's see it and it's unbelievable to watch guys that fall apart because again the, the true talent or skill of a guide is reading your customer figuring out where their talents are what they can do and, and making that bite excel for them and, and there's times where again you know, you have hot bites. You're like, oh, this is going to be great. And you get out there and they just can't figure it out. And you're like, you know, what do I do? You can't just give up and you can't just grind through. Just keep telling them, hey, this is it, you know, and not let them have success. I mean, you have to adapt your technique uh, to make everybody catch fish. And, and that's really where the, the true skill um, lies. And it, it's crazy to see. I mean, you may live a handful of states away, but I, I think we're uh... – we're separated at birth there with these things because, and, and you know what, you can pick a guy that's a bass guide or, you know, you're doing your pike stuff. Oh, yeah. It really, the species doesn't change. Maybe the, yeah. just the tackle you carry, but it yeah. doesn't change the philosophy and really what's happening. But I can't imagine before we run out of time and just, we could talk probably for about six years, but I mean, I can never let you get away without talking about some of them big walleyes. Cause that's my passion. And I don't know what you've got out there exactly. And I've seen some pictures but yep. there's some sleeper stuff out there. You know, it's like some of the guys in Utah, you know, again, Facebook has allowed this to creep out. And I know oh, it's yeah. been going on for a long time. So with the rainbow trout that you have, I mean, we've even got it with some saw guy places and some small reservoirs here that have gotten yep. out because of social media. What do you have there, you know, with the big walleyes? Is it, is it the trout that's kind of helping that out or? It's a combination. So we, we have the ultimate in situations. Number one, we have tiny bodies of water. I mean, a big reservoir for us, you know, like where I was fishing last night, it's, it's a Denver metro body of water. Uh, you know, it's like 70 foot deep, probably an average 30 foot depth. Um, but to a Coloradan, like the average Joe, it's a big lake or it's a big reservoir. Uh, and I think the thing sits at like 1,900 surface acres. I mean, it is literally a boat dock bay for everybody else in the world. It's tiny. Um, but we have gizzard chat as a forage, and then we have big rainbow trout as a forage. So our fish start off uh, feeding on shad, you know, high oil-based food source as a young fish. Uh, and then once they start crossing over into that 25 to 28-inch range, um, you know, a lake like that will get thirty to 50,000 catchable rainbows a year stocked in there. That's so these like rainbows steroids for them. 10 to 12 inches at stocking point, um, and it is. It's the highest protein food source ever. Um, the water comes into this body of water. It's a main drainage called the South Platte River. Um, so if you counted water cycling through, you would consider every particle of water in that reservoir cycling through in like 10 days. 
That's how much oxygen and new water comes in. So we have a, a massive amount of minerals. We have oxygen through the roof. Our short time of growth as far as like water temperature wise, we top out at like 72 degrees. But since we have river water fluctuating it, our lower base of water temperature stays cool. We're like 11 months out of the year in the max growing season. So we don't get that super hot water in summer that slows down growth or super cold water that slows down growth. We have growth, you know, 11 months out of the year. So our state record here, our state record here is like 18 pounds, 13 ounces. Uh, But they do a massive netting operation in spring on three bodies of water where they net our walleyes, they collect, uh, you know, obviously the eggs and the milk, and they, they basically trade it with other states. So we trade for pheasant we trade for turkey we trade for wipers and tiger musky and all kinds of stuff but uh i mean they see 20 pound fish in our nets on a regular basis um i mean so if an angler were to stick uh i mean if you were to stick a giant female at peak pre-spawn conditions uh, i mean seeing you know 22 pound fish wouldn't be uncommon uh, it's the same kind of phenomenon that you're seeing in like in oregon and washington you know, on the columbia um of just some freakishly big walleyes it, it's crazy very cool. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, we kind of have a similar situation with our growing season, where we're not in the hot, we're not in the cold, and, and our water yep. turns over. I can't remember how many days on Lake Erie compared to Lake Superior it takes for that to cycle yeah. through. We're, we're so much more fertile. Um, and it's I, crazy. You know, the hardest thing for us in these big fish is finding the right customer to chase them um once a walleye makes the major crossover into to feeding on rainbow trout which is on that you know for the most part it's that bigger stage um our fish lose interest in small presentations to where you know we stick some big walleyes on your normal stick baits and you know all your normal spinner rigs and all that kind of stuff but in reality if, if an angler were to come to me and say hey i just want a double digit 15 pound fish like i am looking for a tank we almost have to switch our approach to to bass pike lake trout type gear uh to where we're throwing eight and ten inch swim baits um for these baits where our big fish lose interest uh you know in the general husky jerks rogues all that type presentation to where you're literally throwing you know, massive swim baits at these fish. And, you know, you're seeking out a handful of bites a trip, you know, let alone if you're going to hook that fish, uh, you know, or you're casting, you know, 12-inch baits. Um, And it's one of those things that it's hard because we have tons of big fish, but we don't see them caught as often strictly for once they switch over to that bigger food source, you know, they're never feeding on a minnow this big. I mean, everything they're feeding on is big. So you have to, you know, basically match that hatch and fish those bigger presentations. And it's hard to do, but it's a neat technique to, to see happen. Well, you hit the nail on the head because I can, I can totally relate to this where you said, you know, have the right person because kind of like that big deer you got on your wall back there. Yeah. Guys, if somebody wants to go sit in a tree stand in our, our neck of the woods or go yep. up there with you and, and, and spend six hours, you're probably not going to get what you got over your shoulder there. Like that yep. the, the time. And it's the same thing with big walleyes. Like these are freak shows. There's not many of them. They're, oh, yeah. they're smart. They're weary. They're, they're, they're very crazy. You can't expect, you know, to put four or five, six hours in, and all of a sudden you're going to get one of those. Okay, I mean that's just it. You you got to work for it, especially when the when the techniques change and you have to throw you know crazy and different stuff. Uh, I mean it's one of those things that you just got to do it, but you have to have that commitment. The problem is most of these guys know about your bites. Like 
you know, last night I'm night fishing and I have opportunities at, at big 30 inch fish and I have a lot of opportunity at younger males, you know, 17 to 20 inch fish, good eating fish and, you know, immature females in those low 20 inch range. And, you know, I'm like, hey, man, we can go catch a mess of these or we can go seek out two or three bites on big fish. And everybody's like, big fish. And you get like two hours into it and they're like, totally. well, maybe we want to switch up and catch some numbers and it's hard to have the mentality to be like hey man we are going to grind for that trophy uh, i mean if you do it you're rewarded but you have to be able to take that risk and and not a lot of anglers are willing to take the risk on one of the other podcasts the analogy i used was the guy that said he was going to go and and sit for a trophy deer the whole year and the first doe that comes out he smokes in five minutes you know and <laughs> tears up his spot right so on these big walleyes, are you primarily night fishing or are you trolling or casting or how's that how's that work? Right right now our big fish is gonna be a night pattern almost all year. I mean we have daytime stuff, but uh, those rainbows are gonna cruise you know, basically all day long, kind of suspended in the water column. Uh, at night, our rainbows don't have great vision. So at night, our rainbows tend to come higher in the water column and stack up on that shore. Um, so basically, you have better odds of, of, of a, a capitalized food source at night. So night fishing is key. Um, Casting is great if you can do it. Uh, but trolling, honestly, is going to keep your bait in the strike zone longer. So trolling planer boards at night uh, is really going to be the peak bite for those, those big fish in that window. Why don't you get? Why don't you leave us? Because me and you could talk till we were like unemployed. You know what I mean? We, <laughs> me and you sitting down for an hour is like a fart in a jug, right? <laughs> leave us with one tip. You know that people, that people should know about just fishing in general. You pick it, whatever it is, because I'm always amazed at, at what people come up with. Sometimes simple, sometimes kind of outside the box. You know, I'd say the two biggest things that uh, that I stick with as an angler is number number one cater to your fish. I think everybody expects fish to be a fish. You know, you talk about a strike window. I mean, I, I break things down in like three to six inch increments. You know, hey, put that bait three inches over their head. People look at me like I'm absolutely crazy. Um, I think the easier you make it on a fish to feed, the more fish you're going to catch. And that's in general. Walleyes, pike, lakers, salmon, whatever. Uh, I think so many anglers expect fish to work hard. They're like, hey, it's a dumb fish. He'll come to me. Um, the more your ability grows to cater to a fish, bring a bait to a fish, uh, your, your, your increased success goes through the roof. Number two, everybody gets caught up on patterns. They listen to a podcast, they read a magazine, they watch a TV show, and everybody is like, hey, you know, water is 60 degrees. It's May. This is what I should be doing. And they stick with those patterns. Thinking outside the box, there's no rules in fishing whatsoever. No rules. Uh, I it's mean, like your bass tackle catches walleyes. Your, you know, pike tackle in this situation is catching big walleyes. So, number one, cater to your fish. Number two, there's no rules. Do different things. Um, new patterns develop all the time. A couple of years ago, uh, we filmed a, a TV show with In Fisherman, maybe five years ago, catching giant lake trout on top water. Uh, I mean, we literally discovered a bite where we're throwing like Zara Spooks for a 20, 30 pound lake trout. And it is literally the best technique you'll ever use. Uh, something about thinking outside the box, you know, you can develop new patterns, but again, you have to break out and try stuff. So cater to those fish, try new things. Uh, it, it'll blow your mind at what you can, what you can find out. I would agree. We get, we get stuck in doing what works and we forget to, to pay attention to what's changing around us. hundred percent. You know, and again, everybody looks around, they, they see boats, they go to the boats, they see what boats are doing, they do it. They catch enough fish to keep their mind entertained and they stick with it as to where if you can change it up enough, uh, it'll blow your mind at the success you'll find. 
Well, well, thank you very much for taking the time to sit down with us. Why don't you let everybody Absolutely. know if they want to do some hunting and fishing out in Colorado, how do they get a hold of Nate and his crew? You know, Nate Zelinski, search it, you'll you'll figure it out. But my fishing business, everything comes under Tightline Outdoors. So tightlineoutdoors.com, Tightline Outdoors on Facebook, uh, and then just Nate Zelinski. You'll see a bunch of digital content on the hunting side. Everything lives at bowtecharchery.com or Ruger or uh, Ruger Firearms. Uh, that's where most of the content lives on the hunting side. But again, yeah, just search out Nate Zelinski. You'll find it. And uh, yeah, we'd love to share some education with you. Thanks again, Nate, and everybody for tuning into the Big Water Podcast. We do the fishing. We talk about it too, but not the other way around. We got You actually have to do it, right? Some guys just like talking about it. We, we do both, though. So I appreciate your time again, and uh, hopefully we'll get on the water sometime soon. Absolutely. I would love to. Thanks, guys. Thank you.